Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. This is our last Sunday for the series that we're going through. It's called The Basics. Uh, we call this The Basics because these are different topics that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, should know. Topics such as who is Jesus? What did he, what did, uh, why did he have to die? Uh, talked about faith. Talked about how to read the Bible. Uh, talked about prayer. Talked about uh, how does God guide us. And uh, we had a a few subsections on the Holy Spirit in terms of who is the Holy Spirit, what, do, what does he do, and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which Vanessa shared last Sunday. So today, we're going to end this, uh, hopefully, by equipping us even more, is how do I, how do we resist evil? Now, it sounds kind of bad, right? But hopefully, we will end on a good note and to equip us in terms of how to resist evil temptation and the things that we are seeing and experiencing, experiencing around us. So, so firstly, what is evil? Simply put, evil is the result of sin, which originated from the devil and initiated by the devil. So through the works of the devil, we are surrounded by the sins in the world through the rejection of Jesus by what we see around us. And we have uh, also sinful desires within us that were there before Jesus. So we have all these evil around us and within us in terms of the sinful nature that we, sinful desires that we have before Jesus. That's what we call the flesh. You may have heard the term the flesh. That's, uh, I actually never knew what the flesh meant until I started attending church. And it took me a while to figure out what is the flesh. Uh, but that's what it is in terms of like the sinful desires within us and also the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So you got all the things around us, things within us and things above us. So these three areas of, of evil, which are the works of the devil, will definitely and most absolutely overwhelm us if we do not have Jesus, if we don't rely on Jesus, and if we don't draw from Jesus, we absolutely will be defeated and will be overwhelmed. So first and foremost, I do want to say that the devil does exist. So I, I think that's clear, right? But I think it's important to say that because if, if we believe in God, then we believe in the devil. There is a devil. Not believe in the devil, believe there is a devil. We also know through scriptures that, that Satan, the devil, is losing and he knows it too. However, he is the very definition of a sore loser. You know, we, sometimes we use the term soul loser, someone they know they're going to lose, but they just can't let go. They're always just trying to keep hanging on. That's the devil. He's the very definition of a soul loser. Actually, they should put that in the dictionary, right? <laughs> what is a soul loser? So he is going down because he's a soul loser. He's going down swinging. And he plans and he wants to do as much damage to us, to God's people, as much as possible until the day that Jesus is coming, uh, will be coming back. So the way he does damage is to cause us to be separated from God. 
through putting guilt and accusations and condemnations and shame and temptations and lies and doubts in our minds about who we are and about how we don't deserve to hear from God, to be near God, to be in relationship with God. So there are two parties that can only cause this separation between us and God. Causing the separation between the unity between us and God, that is God himself and us. There's only two parties that can cause this separation between the relationship that we have with God. The devil, he knows that God will always love us through Jesus. Always love us, regardless of our mistakes, regardless of how many times we mess up. I know some people don't like to hear that, but it is true. Regardless of how many times we mess up, God will still love us. So he doesn't even try to cause God to turn away from us. So he knows that through Jesus. God sees us as his children, right? That's like some of the basic stuff that we went through. And his, through Jesus, we are his precious people whom he will never reject or cut off from his love. I know we hear this often, but it's worth repeating. Romans 8, 38, verse 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. That's the devil is in there somewhere. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as you can see, God will never turn from us through Jesus, and the devil can never cause us to be separated from God. He cannot do anything about it. So since the devil cannot do anything to change God's mind or his love for us, he turns all his attention and his focus on us. I do want to emphasize that it is us. We are the ones that knowingly or unknowingly separate ourselves from God's love. Always remember this. The devil can't cut off that relationship that we have with God. God will never reject us. We're the ones that knowingly or unknowingly, intentionally or unintentionally, cause us to separate from God. So the devil focuses on us to cause that separation. Right? He himself cannot do anything to break off that union, that union between us and God, as I said. So, so what he does is he tries to put lies, temptations, condemnations, doubts, and shame, or, or even like puff up our ego also. Our ego and our pride is also in that list. In our, put those things in our mind to cause us to move away from God. He can actually physically cause us to be separated from God. So he put those things in our minds. So the devil knows that we are the weak link between us and God. Can I use that term? Hopefully that's not offensive to anyone. So between us and God, we're the weak link. I think it's okay to say that, right? Uh, he goes to work on the weak link to break off that bond of unity, the bond of love between us and God. He does not want to see us thrive. He does not want to see us enjoy the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? True joy, true rest, peace, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. We see that from Galatians 5.22. The devil finds the weak link, and he tries to exploit it. So this is the same thing as the devil is our enemy. So when you're fighting against an enemy, you try to find a weak link, right? Or oh, even when you are uh, playing a game or in the competitions, does anyone like, do any kind of competitive? I think we all do something competitively once in a while, right? So when you play sports, you play competitively, you try to find a weak link and you try to exploit it. I have learned about finding weak link and exploiting weak links since a very early age. 
Uh, for some of you who may or may not know, I used to play a lot of ping pong when I was younger. So that's when I learned about exploiting weak link, exploiting weaknesses. So when, um, when I used to play, or even before tournament, you would warm up with your components, right? So during that warm up time, I've learned that, okay, I'm gonna try to see, is he strong in his forehand? Or is he strong in his backhand? What is he weak at? Is he weak at defense? Or is he weak at serving? So you find those things, and during the game, you exploit those, right? Obviously, you work, you focus on the weak spot, you stay away from the strength that your opponents have. So it's the same thing. If you play to win, and the devil does not mess around. Okay, I, I hope that's not a surprise to anyone. The devil does not mess around. He plays to win. Even though he knows he's losing, he doesn't care. He's gonna go down swinging. So we must accept, number one, that we are the weak link between us and God. So once we can accept that, we can look for attacks, because all the attacks will come to us between our relationship between us and God. And he will have to know that it's coming to us and we gotta find ways to counter those attacks. Right, so what are some of those attacks from, from Satan? Number one, you hear this often, doubt. The devil constantly and expertly the most expert of them all, tries to get us to doubt our belief and believe our doubt. The devil wants us to doubt our belief and believe our doubt. That's what the devil tries to do. That is the opposite of God. Right? So we have to remember that we need to believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts, but the devil wants the reverse. He wants us to doubt what we believe in and believe in the doubt that he's trying to put in our minds. So the way to counter that attack is to know scripture, right? So then we can be confident in what we believe in. Because if you don't, if, not you, if we don't read scripture, if we don't spend time with scripture, then it's difficult to counter the doubts. Like, well, did God really say that? Well, what does scripture say about that? We have to know scriptures so we can rid ourselves of the doubt, doubt of God's faithfulness, doubt about his faithfulness, his goodness, and his plans for us to believe, no, this is God's plan for my life, regardless of what I'm seeing and the struggles and the obstacles, I'm gonna proceed because I believe in what I believe, the things that God has spoke to me. I mean, an example is look how the devil tried to cast doubts on the identity of Jesus. Right? If you look at Luke, Luke 3, right after, God said, if you are my son, no, no, I'm sorry, I take that back. So right after when, when, when the father came down and spoke to Jesus, this is my son whom I love. Right, so if you go to Luke chapter four, when Jesus went into the wilderness, the first thing the devil said was that, if you are the son of God, right? Automatically, he's putting doubt into Jesus' mind. He tried to, so, well, are you really the son of God? If you are the son of God, that's doubt right there. Uh, so Jesus, we can see the example. He responded with scriptures, right? He didn't say, no, I am the son of God. Like, did you not see that the father just spoke that over? He, didn't, he did not respond with that. He responded with scriptures. Man shall not live on bread alone. So he didn't even bother to respond with, no, you're you wrong, I'm right. Oh, he didn't even try to get into an argument. He responded with scriptures. And then he moved on. Right, so... First thing is he tried to put doubts in our mind and he is the best, the best of the best of the best at putting doubts in our minds and get us to doubt our beliefs. So second thing is he lies. 
I think we know that, right? He is the father of lies. In John 8, 44, Jesus said, when he opens his mouth, that's his, li- his native language. It's almost like breathing. Isn't that kind of crazy? He is the father. That's his native language. As you can see, um, English is not my native language. Right? So uh, in, in time of stress, most people would revert back to the native language. And that's what the devil is. He is an expert at lying. He lies the same as like he's stealing things from us. He wants to take things from us. He wants to um, make things that seem confusing. There's no integrity in all the things that he's trying to do. Uh, an example, sometimes people lie so then they can steal things, right? They lie so then they can take things, or they, they lie so they can benefit themselves, or try to make themselves look good. So lying so they can benefit from something that is not true. That in line with Jesus also called the devil as a thief. Because you lie because you're trying to steal something. And because the devil is a thief, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So that is the motive for the devil. Steal, kill, and destroy. He, anytime he opens his mouth, and his ultimate purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He still kill, and destroy our relationship with God. That is his ultimate, ultimate goal to steal, kill, and destroy our relationship with those God has put around us. Right? He put lies and doubts in our mind to say, no, I shouldn't be here. These, are, these people are not like me. They're weird, right? They look differently. They, they speak differently. He comes to destroy and take away the relationship that we're supposed to have with the people that God has put us with. And also, he still kill, and destroy the inheritance that we're meant to have from God. An eternal inheritance, a supernatural inheritance from God. So the devil is trying to tamp us through deceptions and lies and temptations, as in you know, lust or greed. He lies about something that will make us feel good, right? So sometimes, I think I'm being honest when I say this, temptations. I think we all have faced with temptation, right? So when we're faced with temptation, it's more like a momentarily um, feel-good kind of thing, right? You may feel good for a little bit, but it's gone very quickly. He's tried to tell you, oh, no, no, this is going to last you for a long time. It's a good thing. Go ahead, go for it. And it's not true because it's only satisfying the sinful desires that we have had before Jesus. He lies regarding putting temptations or lust or greed, and he follows that up with con- condemnations. It's almost like, you guys ever watch boxing? Uh, I, I'm, if you're here, you know I will always use sports analogy. Boxing, right? In boxing, you know there's a jab and there's a cross, right? Boxing, the jab is more like a distraction, like a light jab, and then a powerhouse that will come right behind that. So it's the same thing as um, doubt, lies, and then condemnations is a power punch that comes right after. It's almost like a drug almost, right? There's temptations like, hey, take one. It's good for you. It feels good. It's free. Go ahead. But then once you get hooked, then it's a totally different story. It's like, no, it's going to cost you your life. Give me everything. Your integrity, your, 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 your belief. That is what the devil does. So he follows up with condemnations. The devil condemns us whenever we mess up or make a mistake. We have to remind ourselves to keep in mind that love, God's love will never, ever, ever be turned away from us, period. Go back to Romans 8. Use that often. Remind ourselves of who God is. Don't feel ashamed because shame is only from the devil. 
don't feel ashamed and shy away from God's holiness and righteousness because sometimes when we do something terrible because of our temptation, right, the first response is shame. Like, oh man, I can't be with him. I can't be near him because he's so holy. He's so righteous. I just committed some sinful act. But that is from the devil. Condemnation is from the devil. So whenever we feel condemned, know that it is when we must learn to lean into the Holy Spirit. Seek out the Holy Spirit. Seek out his presence and walk with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between, there's a big difference when the Holy Spirit convicts us versus when the devil condemns us. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna use an example uh, of, of the difference between the two is let's just say there's like a, an envelope with a whole stack of, of money, right, sitting up here. And in a moment of weakness, let's say I took this envelope of cash, even though it's not mine, I just took it. Convict, the Holy Spirit convicts us, is he convicts us to return the money and admit our mistakes. Say, no, I, in a moment of weakness, I took this. So I was convicted by the Holy Spirit to return the money and, and admit to my moment of weakness and my soft spot. So the devil condemns us, condemns us is when he makes us feel guilty. And then you say, well, you cannot be around those people again. You can never show your face again because you are a thief. You are a liar. You're selfish. You're taking this money from someone else for your own gain. When he condemns us, we feel guilty and shame, and we don't ever come back to church again. We don't come back to the place and be with the people that God has called us to be. So that's the difference between the two of us. Convicts, the Holy Spirit convicts us versus the devil condemns us. Um, there's some other, some other things that the devil does is, is trying to get us to uh, use an example of scripture. He's trying to get us to show our power, right? Just when he uh, spoke to Jesus. Like, turn this bread, turn this stone into bread. If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. He's trying to make it look like we're self-sufficient. It's like, you know what? I don't need people. I can have therapy on Zoom. I don't need to be around people. I don't need scriptures. I read a lot. I know what to do. I know how to make my own decisions. Or he also tried to get us to act on our greed, on, on through money, prestige, or the wealth that we can possibly accumulate for comfort. You know, just, just look at the second thing he spoke to Jesus. I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. That's greed. Because if you, well, if you work hard, make all the money, you don't need anyone else. You can survive on what you make. Self-glorification, right? Number three is, is pride and ego. Throw yourself off from down here when the devil spoke that to Jesus. Well, you're invincible, right? It's okay. You don't need God. You don't need a clutch, a crutch to rely on God because you know what to do. That is the mindset that the devil is trying to get us to think. Is we don't need God. We're invincible. We're wise. We can read. We can do whatever we want, which lead to self-destructive behaviors, which will lead to us isolating ourselves, which cause us to not have a teachable heart. That's what happens when we isolate ourselves. When we're alone, we actually come up with reasons and excuses for why we do the things that we do or why we don't do the things that we do. And it's difficult for us to have a teachable heart in terms of what to do. For example, an example is for me, Vanessa and I, we have been leading this for over six years now, but there's still so much more we can learn in terms of to follow God, to follow Jesus, and lead this church well. But I can, to not have a teachable heart, meaning, well, I've done this for six years now, I've seen everything. I don't need to hear 
from anyone else. So God wants us to have a teachable heart so he can lead us and guide us. So the devil, those are just some of the examples. So the devil is trying his very best to get us to let down our gods, to think that he is not there, or to think that he cannot affect us, right? The devil doesn't exist. He can't affect us, right? Or to get us distracted with our everyday responsibilities, uh, responsibilities that we have, or our duties, you know, our obligations that we have. So we forget that we are still in the middle of a battle, that we're still in the middle of a war with the devil, that he is playing for keeps. He's playing for real. He's not just like a nice, funny game of ping pong. He's playing to destroy us and to kill us. So we must constantly be on God, be aware, because we are in a battle. We are in a war with the evil one. Right? Jesus said, told us to pray, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Otherwise, he would not have taught us that on how to pray. So through the cross and through his resurrection, when Jesus died for our sins and, and shown everyone, and, and he's resurrected, he's shown everyone on earth as in heaven of God's redemptive plan. So we all know the end results, right? We, we read this, we all know what happened at the end, but the battle is still ongoing. And he is going down swinging, just like the term, right? Going out in the blaze of glory. He is going out in the blaze of glory. He's, he's trying to do as much damage as he possibly can. So we, even though we know that we will be victorious at the end, we know that we're on the winning side. However, the battle is not over yet. An illustration for, for us to maybe, um, we're not old enough to, to know this, but I think we know enough about World War II. Right? An illustration is uh, we have known about D-Day. Right, so if you or any of you play video games or Xbox, you know about D-Day, right? The Battle of Normandy, uh, Battlefield, um, Warzone, whatever else video games that they have. So the Battle of D-Day is the largest invasion of forces from America, British, and Canadian landed on the beach of Normandy. June 6, 1944. So once they landed on the beach, pretty much Germany, the Nazi knew that the end was coming because this amazing force, incredible forces from the West is slowly moving east. However, the war was not over yet, right? Because the war was not over until VE Day, which I think we may know is May 8th, 1945, almost a whole year later. So in that process, a lot of people still die. There was still a lot of fighting ongoing, even though they knew that the end was coming but there was still a lot of fighting. So that's what it is right now for us, right now in this situation. We are between D-Day and VE Day. That's what it means, so we have to stay on guard and recognize that the devil is still fighting. He's going down swinging. Do not let down our guard. Victory is in sight, but victory is not in hand yet. Victory is in sight. But victory is not in hand yet, so be careful. So how do we resist the devil? How do we resist evil? This may seem very simple, but it's so crucial for us to do is, number one, the Holy Spirit. We always talked about the Holy Spirit. We, we try to listen to the Holy Spirit. We try to learn more about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is what will help us to fight against the devil, to help us resist evil. We must lean into the Holy Spirit as much as possible. 
we must be aware or even more aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We must learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. We, we spent the last three weeks talking about who is the Holy Spirit, what does he do, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn more and more about who he is and what he does. About the Holy Spirit. We must learn more about the Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. You know, I know we like to talk about two-way street a lot, you know, compromise, relationship, but we must learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. We must learn to know about the Holy Spirit. We must learn to follow the Holy Spirit. We must learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not need to learn to walk with us. I hope that doesn't affect anybody's ego or pride. He already knows where he's going. He already knows what to do. He already knows what's going to happen. He knows everything. We need to get in touch with him so we can learn more about how we can be transformed and what we need to do, the decision that we need to, to make and to follow his leading. An illustration is, is if you have, um, you know, go back to the example of, of uh, uh, the battle, right? We had D-Day, we have VE day So if you have an experienced special force soldier that has been fighting for 10 years, and you have someone who we just recruit, just came out of boot camp. So those two. Who do you think should listen to who? We are this new green boot camp soldier. The Holy Spirit is an experienced special force that has fought the enemy, know, knows the enemy, know what to do, know where to go, know when to stop, know when to rest, know the type of weapon, know how to fight off certain the attacks from the devil. So we must learn and walk along, right? Just like this green new soldier must come along with a special force soldier and learn and fight and how to counterattack and survive. Otherwise, if I can use the term, we're probably going to die like the first day if we don't follow the special force soldier. Okay, I think you guys get my... Get my, uh, my, get my gist on that. So we have to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. That's first and foremost. It's really important. It's crucial. It's crucial to hear from God because God speaks through the Holy Spirit. If we don't know the Holy Spirit, don't get to know the Holy Spirit and don't, not aware of the Holy Spirit, we cannot hear from God. Secondly is the armor of God. We hear this all the time, right? They have kid songs about the armor of God. We have to put on the armor of God. How we resist the devil, how we fight the devil is to put on the armor of God. God has equipped us and provided us with a special armor. Be strong in the Lord. It's using the example of the two soldiers. Right? You, whenever we see the soldiers that they go out in the battle, they have body armor, right? They have body armor, they wear this special helmet, they have this special vest and equipment versus someone just kind of walk out into the battle by themselves. We do not want to just walk out. Well, you, I know my son, he plays Xbox. Not a lot. He plays it enough. <laughs> when you're a soldier that go into battle, you want to load up on your, what do you call that? Your armor. Your body armor, right? You put all these plates, body armors on yourself so when you get shot, you, you don't die right away. So it's the same thing. If we don't put on our body armor, we will get killed. The devil actually is laughing at us if we don't put on our armor, our armor of God. It's like, oh, that's an easy one. I'll go for you first, and I'll go for someone else later. 
So put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, not if, when, when the day of evil comes, I want to emphasize that again, not an if, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. So, the belt of truth is stay close to Jesus because Jesus is the truth, right? I am the truth. Act with integrity. Stay close to Jesus. Have the, uh, be authentic about who we are. Be passionate for who we are. Just have an openness about who we are. Like breastplate of righteousness. Keep short accounts of people and keep short accounts of yourselves. Be righteous in our dealing with people. Deal with offenses quickly. Forgive easily. Uh, feet fitted with the gospel of peace. Mean, feet mean active. I'm going to try to go through these quickly. It says, feet means active, right? To get involved. Get involved in our community. Get involved in our, our serve at a local church. Get in, that's why we always encourage everyone to get involved in a connect group because how we get involved is how we can share with one another. And how we, when we are active and in, get involved with other people, we can also share the, share the gospel. Share the gospel and speak about Jesus and share with others about what we know. The shield of faith, trust in God in difficult times. Now, Sam and I had a conversation on Friday. It's, uh, you know, when we go through difficult situations, a difficult time, don't try to rationalize and explain things away. Trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in his plan. Believe in our belief and doubt of doubt. Trust in God and have faith that God has a plan for us. Because that's how we can fight off the lies and the doubts and the, the attacks of the enemy. The helmet of salvation. We have to recognize that we have been saved by Jesus. We have been set free. We have been set free. The battle of the mind is crucial. That's why they said the helmet of salvation. Because believe in our beliefs and doubt our doubts. Salvation means freedom. Do not let our minds be pulled back into the things of the past before Jesus. The things that we used to do before Jesus. The things that used to affect us before Jesus. Things like you know, temptations or, or lust or greed or, or pride always starts in the mind. So if we put on the sal- helmet of salvation, we can block those things off. I, I think this is something that we have heard before, right? We have to make sure we protect our minds because our thoughts become our action. Our actions become habits. Habits become destiny. So our destiny is in God and it is with God. But if we don't have our helmet of salvation on, our minds and our thoughts will wander and go elsewhere. And we start having thoughts that will lead to action, that lead to bad habits, and that will take us away from the destiny that God has given to us. The sword of the Spirit, I think we know this, uh, scriptures, the Holy Spirit, know your Bible. Search ourselves in the Word. Be more aware of the Holy Spirit. Because right after they put on the full armor of God, on verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. I know we talked about that often. Pray in the Spirit on our occasion, right? And then also, stand firm together. This is plural. Not just stand firm by yourself. Stand firm together. As in all of us, stand firm together in the faith. We are far stronger together 
I think we all know that, right? It's like common sense. I think we all know that. But separated, we're far weaker for attack by the devil. I talked earlier that we're the weak link. We're the weak links alone. We are the weaker link alone. Each of us is the weakest link. So when we are alone, it's okay to be lonely sometimes because Jesus was lonely at times. But when we're constantly alone and we're constantly not making the effort to be with people and join with people and, and change and, and, and go outside of our comfort zone, we become the weakest link. That's the truth. Hopefully that doesn't offend everybody, but we become the weakest link. So not only the weak link, but the weakest link. Disregard all the talk, then this is gonna be a little bit strong right here, so I hope you hear my heart. Is disregard all the talks about if I may be so bold, because I have heard it all, and I have actually used those excuses for myself, especially for myself. I'm a loner by nature, right? I'm very independent. I don't need to be around people. I don't want to do what everyone else does. I have that a lot. I have my own ministry, right? I don't like people. I used to say that, but I love people now. I don't like leaders. That's a tough one, right? I don't like leaders. I want to do my own things. I can't work in the team because they all are terrible. They don't do things the way that I like to be done. These are the things I used to think, okay? I don't think those things anymore. I don't have time to be around people because people annoy me. While all those things may be true, and some of us may be wired that way in terms of you know, operating and do things on our own, we must submit all those personality traits, all those tendencies, all those habits, all those biases and lifestyles even to God's way. What is God's way? John 17, verse 20, 23. My prayer is not for them alone. This is what Jesus prayed. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's us, right? We believe in Jesus through someone else's message. That all of them may be one. That's unity right there. That's team, we're meant to be together. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. So I'm a loner, I'm an independent, I'm not a team player, I don't like people, people annoy me. I like to do things on my own, I wanna have my own ministry, I don't like leaders because I like to lead, I like to do things my way. It cannot fit in this passage right here. This is what Jesus is desiring. This is what Jesus prayed for, for us, to be united, to have complete unity. So submit to God's way is how we resist the evil, the evil around us. Submit to God's way is how we stand together against the temptation of the evil one. James 4, verse seven and eight. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So as we put on the armor of God, we are submitting to God. That's how we submit to him. Put on the armor of God. 
the, de- the devil will flee from us. However, the devil will come back when we put down our God, when we relax, or when we take off our armor of God. Or you think, oh, I have fought off the devil successfully the, for the last three weeks. I can just relax now. No, the devil is sitting there waiting. Remember, the battle is not over. Right? We're still between D-Day and V-E Day. Do not let down our God. When we think we know better, or when we think we know better, in terms of like what we're doing, we no longer need to submit to God. This is when we no longer rely on the Holy Spirit. We must rely on the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, we will not, we will not know that the evil one is directing our steps. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not know that the evil one is directing our thoughts. And remember, thoughts turn into action. Action turn into habits. Habits turn into destiny. Without the Holy Spirit, our destiny is taking us slowly away from God. So how we resist the devil, how we resist evil, the evil one is draw near to the Holy Spirit. Seek the Holy Spirit. Be more aware of the Holy Spirit. Learn to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. Walk with the Holy Spirit. Change the way that we live. Change the way that we think so we can walk with the Holy Spirit. Don't think like, well, this is who I am, so he's going to have to accept me. Yeah, he accepts us for who we are, but in order to resist evil, we have to walk with the Holy Spirit and rely on the Holy Spirit and put on the armor of God. We must put on the armor of God. So whenever you think about resisting evil, think about the Holy Spirit and maybe think about like battlefronts. You know, all these soldiers out there fighting, they all have their body armors on. They all have the helmets on. They all have the weapons. We have to put on the, the armor of God to resist evil. And as I said earlier, it's sad, but it's true. Evil is all around us. It's all around us, it's within us, and it's in the spiritual realm. So we must rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and help us fight. So, so that's what I have for us for this morning. I want to encourage each and every one of us to remember these verses. And please, do not let down your God. We cannot let down our God and let the devil, the evil one, direct our mind, direct our thoughts, and lead us to where we should not go. So um, why don't we pray? Why don't you guys stand up? I'll pray for us. Then I can hand over to, uh, to Toby. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for who you are, God. We just thank you for what you are doing today and what you have been doing and all that you will do in us and through us for the years to come. I ask Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen us. Strengthen us to hear from you. Give us the ability to be more aware of you. Just hear your voice, hear your leading, hear your guidance and submit ourselves to your way, God, and follow you. In the name of Jesus, we ask for that, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I just feel, I just feel like right now, I just want to pray about the Holy Spirit. I don't know if this applies to you, but I just want to pray this over you. Holy Spirit, 
Make us to be more aware of you, God. Help us to be more aware of you, Lord. Help us to lead us, to strengthen us so that we can follow you, we can obey you, we can listen to you. We have the courage and the strength to change who we are, change our lifestyles, and submit to you and be one with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. Let you receive all the glory, let you receive all the honor, and let you be exalted, Lord Jesus, you and you alone. We pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 